0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today. So whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, how's it going today?
1: Hey, how you doing, Amber? It's good to see you. Let's talk about some leadership.
0: All right. Well, we in, we titled this episode Leaders Engage Conflict, and we don't have to look any further than any sports movie ever made to talk about leaders engaging conflict. But there's one that just rises to the top of my mind, which is Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. Yes, yes. It's a great movie, right? And so, if you have not seen this movie out there, you want to add this to your weekend to-do list because it's excellent and it it really captures this idea. Because you know, it's it's a high school football movie that you know is really all about they're they're just kind of riddled with conflict and it's it's fueled by racial tension. And so, there's just so much that they're dealing with. But Coach Boone, who's played by Denzel, he He doesn't do what so many of us are tempted to do when we experience conflict, which is kind of look away or try to figure out how can we be successful in spite of this conflict. He he really faces it head on. And, you know, he's dealing with the conflicts with within the team members. He's dealing with conflicts with parents, with um, his own coaching staff. I mean, there's just so much going on, but he gets right in the middle of it and addresses it. And, you know, it, because of his example, then we have this amazing scene between two of the players. Gary and Julius, and and they're, they're having a heart to heart and it's pretty intense because they're saying exactly what they think about each other and what they expect from each other. But then Julius says to Gary, who happens to be the, the captain of the team, he says this incredible line. He says, well, he basically says, Hey, if you want things to change, you're going to have to model that change. And he says this attitude reflects leadership. And so, Mo, we're going to talk about that today. And so why don't you tell us, you know, I know you have three actions that leaders need to take to engage conflict. So why don't you tell us what is the first things leaders need to do?
1: Sure. And uh, I love Remember the Titans. In fact, as a uh, athletic coach for pretty much most of my adult life, I just love it. I mean, there are so many things in that movie, um, so many lessons, and it's just, such a fun movie, and I loved Denzel Washington, and such a great cast of uh, of actors. So, again, if you haven't seen that, you've got to go see it. And I actually watch that at least once a year, <laughs> and it's usually during you know kind of the, the the middle of my season because there's so much conflict going on around us all the time. And it doesn't matter whether you uh, are coaching really little kids or uh, older young people, as I do, or if you have a team uh, and you are at a business and you're you're called to coach people or lead them or mentor them or whatever, you're going to run into conflict. And so the way that your team deals with conflict is going to be the way that you model that. I love how you say that, Amber, it's modeled from the captain or whoever's kind of supposed to be in charge. And so the first point for today is this leaders meet conflict head on leaders. Are you meeting conflict head on? Let's be real. If you've ever been in any type of relationship, whether it be business or personal or whatever, you are going to run into conflict. That's just how things go. And so the question is, how do you keep those relationships intact and continue to get better through each of those conflicts? Conflict hurts, right? I mean, just the word itself just makes you think, oh my gosh, conflict, right? It hurts feelings, it hurts commitments, it hurts trust. It leaves stuff within whatever relationship you have unfulfilled. And none of us wants to be unfulfilled. We talk about that all the time. In fact, Sigmund Freud was all about that said, you know, people just want to be fulfilled. And so we talk a lot about in our company with our clients about expectations. That's a word that, that my, the people that I coach with hear a lot, right, Amber? I mean, you, you know that <laughs> you hear the word expectations. And in fact, one of the first exercises that I take people through as I start to work with them is to help them understand expectations and responsibility. It it doesn't uh, matter what level you're at, everybody in your organization, your family, whatever, whether it's again, business or personal, there are specific expectations and responsibilities. But to narrow it down for the sake of what we're talking about today, which is leadership, we want to focus on what leaders do to understand conflicts and what goes on within those conflicts and in turn they act accordingly based on the information that they have. So, my first question today for all of our leaders is this, in any of the relationships that you have today out there leaders as you're you're driving or sitting there taking notes or following on or whatever, pick one, anyone, and think about whether or not you have clarified expectations within that specific relationship. If you have a boss, Do you know what his or her expectations of you are? If you are the boss, think about all the people who report to you, whether it's one person or a hundred people, do they have a clear understanding of the expectations that you have for them? Because conflict always arises out of lack of expectations being met. That's what it is. If we were meeting expectations, everything would be good. It'd be hunky dory as my great grandmother used to say a lot. (laughs) And, you really have to get that nailed down if you can't pinpoint that those expectations you're not going to be able to set yourself up or those who rely on you for success
0: how how do you go about getting those expectations nailed down, especially when you are in, which I think most of us are, are in sort of a middle management sort of situation where yes, we may have people that we are leading that we need to clarify the expectations for, But I think we've all experienced a situation where we have asked those that are above us, hey, what are the expectations? Am I meeting them? Am I not meeting them? Can you help me understand what they are? Can you clarify those? And sometimes we get left with sort of vague or ambiguous answers. And so how how does somebody take what they're being given as possibly vague and turn that into or creating clear expectations for those they lead. How, is that even possible?
1: It is. And you're not always going to have all the answers, right? And you have to work with what you're given. But as the leader, it's important for you to clarify expectations on your end to the best of your ability to help your people understand your expectations for them. So yeah, you, you have to understand that. But really, I, I, talked about, I talked to people about having the right mindset. And there's a book called The Road Less Traveled. And uh, uh, I think it's M. Scott Peck. I, I I always kind of mess that up. M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. It talks about having the right mindset. Do you have the right mindset out there, leaders, for your people? Which brings us actually to meeting conflict head on. I would say that the first nugget for today would be that Uh, if you wanted to, to take away and start using is this, always give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Because expectations and responsibilities, they do get muddled. Just like you were mentioning, Amber. And that's definitely your first job as a leader when you have conflict with somebody. And I'm not even talking about just people who report to you. If you consider yourself a leader, then it doesn't just apply to those people that are are in your your direct purview. It's all of your relationships because, like you mentioned before, Amber, we are always modeling these things as as leaders. That's the character of a leader. And so to me, uh, to conflict head on, Leaders never jump to negative conclusions. Leaders, make sure you never jump to the negative conclusion because that brings out the worst in people. But instead, you need to look for the best. It's your job. Again, you're not supposed to be Pollyanna. I say that all the time, but you are supposed to look for the best. If you have trouble remembering that, just remember uh, Richard from the the great 1999 movie, Office Space, who had the idea for that jump to conclusions, Matt. And everybody thought it was just such a horrible idea, but you laugh at it because some of the conclusions are good and some are, and, and some are bad. And there's negatives and positives, but we should always try to jump to positive conclusions because leaders, your job is always to look for the positive in this situation. Not necessarily saying it's going to be positive, but you have to look for it. And so when meeting conflict head on, do it quickly. And do it with good intentions, and if at all possible, apologize right away. That's the second thing. Apologize. If there's something that you did wrong in the situation, just kind of fess up. This is is something that definitely disarms both you and the other person. Hey, I screwed up. Let me tell you what I messed up. And somebody's going to say, oh, wow, well, maybe I screwed up too. And so I'm not saying that you just, you know, um, say something that you don't agree with or believe, and you really have to be sincere in the way you feel. Because remember, you can't dupe the people that look to you. And I was taught years ago that in any conflict, there are usually more than one guilty party, right? We always try to put the blame on somebody. And leaders, we don't do that. We're looking for solutions. We're not looking to place blame. But if, if you think that way, you need to initiate within that conflict, whatever you've done wrong, fess up and then move forward instead of continually screwing things up and making everything worse, just kind of get past that. And if I could just drive this, this point home, it would be to say this. If you're not sure whether or not you're in some kind of conflict, think of it this way. If something is on your mind more than just a couple of times within a short period, whether whatever that is for you, a week or two weeks, if something's kind of festering w- inside of you, you might want to decide to talk to that person or persons. It might be an an, a, an entire team. I know I've been on teams before where you just, you come and nobody says anything, but everybody's just kind of like side-eyeing each other in, in in the meetings, right? We've all been there. And of course, you don't want to attack anybody, but you want to approach them directly and not in the roundabout rumor mill. Amber, you talked about leaders don't want to go roundabout, but they want to be like Coach Boone and just hit it head on. He could have, he could have been roundabout and just kind of kept the peace, but instead he said, "No, I'm going to make this a little uncomfortable, but it's going to make everybody better in the end." And when you watch the movie, it's awesome, right? <laughs> so be the brave person in the situation, put it out there, and get moving in the right path quickly to reconciliation, if at all possible.
0: Yeah and I mean reconciliation really is the key word because you don't want to hit things head on just because you're trying to be right or prove your point you know because we always talk about leadership is about relationship and so the goal to meeting conflict head on is to reconcile and I think I think sometimes we make the excuse that hey I, I can't control that person I don't know if they're going to want to fix things but right. I think I think utilizing the 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 tools that you're giving us of being sincere and being honest and and you know hitting it head on like that actually has a lot more impact on whether or not somebody's going to want to reconcile than we think so while we don't control them i think our choices and our behaviors can actually help them want to meet us and meet the conflict at hand head on So, Mo, what is the second point that we need to know today that leaders can do to engage conflict?
1: The second thing that leaders do to engage conflict is this. They meet conflict honestly. And if you really want to fix any kind of conflict in your life, you have to be able to do it honestly. When you go to somebody, you have to be forthright with your intentions. Think of it this way. If you get close to gossiping about somebody else, you're already on the wrong track. <laughs> and I know a lot of us don't want to hear that. This is the worst possible thing that you can do in a situation if, if you have conflict. I know what you're thinking, but I don't have to talk to some people to make sure that I'm on the right track. Well, yes and no. I'm not saying that you can't have people that you confide on, I mean, come on. I'm the guy who always talks about needing to have the close set of people that you call your inner circle. Yes, those are the people that help you, but you've got to do it correctly. So you have to, to make that call yourself. And I'm not going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. But if you think that you're potentially gossiping, then you probably are. <laughs> How, how's that? And so the, the problem with bringing conflict that you, um, uh, that you have with somebody um, within your company you know, to others before you bring it to that person is that it could get back to them. And that just sets you back even further, right? It just, it it sets you back. So don't get set back. And that brings on thoughts and negativity from that other person. And remember, we're trying to stay away from negativity and it doesn't help the situation. The last thing that you want to do is criticize somebody, either behind their back or even in front of them for that matter. Leaders don't gossip and they don't criticize.
0: Well, and wouldn't you say it's true that if you feel the need to tell a lot of people about a situation, then you're usually kind of posturing or rallying people to be on your side. And that that really should be our first indication that we don't feel good about what we said or did or even our ability to maybe handle the situation because we're already kind of trying to gather people to be on our side. Wouldn't you say that that's usually the case?
1: Completely. And that, that is, that's the opposite of being honest. And so being honest with somebody and talking about the hurt that's caused to you or others within that situation helps alleviate what I call unnecessary pain (laughs) that could be felt by all. And so negativity brings frustration and sends the situation in a downward spiral. Honesty though, keeps you and your reputation as pure as possible. And you're not going to be completely pure, but as pure as possible, right? And you definitely want to show others that you're making progress by choosing to both be honest and steer everything towards positivity. So please hear me. I'm not telling our leaders out there, leaders, I'm not telling you that you have to keep uh, everything sunshine and roses. In fact, a lot of situations out there with conflict, it's usually anything but, right? I mean, that's why you're in conflict. So what I'm saying is that we all get hurt and sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's not. But when we let our negative feelings get the best of us, it can ruin things for the long haul and it can ruin it longer than it needs to be. So don't be that person that says stuff that can't be taken back. (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about. We've all wanted to say something, right? And, and, And you're thinking, I just need to say this thing and it's just going to go for the jugular. Don't do that. I mean, you do not want to do that just so you can win an argument. What I'm saying is that no matter what, within your honesty, that you always have to have the right mindset. Go back to mindset, like M. Scott Peck says, don't let anything get in the way of you talking to that person and do it quickly. And lastly, and most importantly, um, you know, just follow the advice of Benjamin Franklin. If you ever get a chance to watch one of my favorite HBO miniseries of all time, it's one called John Adams. That's just, it's called John Adams. It's about John Adams. And there's a great scene in there. And basically John Adams comes in and says some really insulting stuff to another one of the, the, the Congress people at one of the, the, the conventions that they have. And so Benjamin Franklin pulls John Adams aside and he says, you don't want to insult that guy in front of everybody. And John M says, Well, would you rather I've done it in private? And Benjamin Franklin says to him something priceless. He says, This. He says, Yes, that's perfectly acceptable. In fact, he might even thank you. <laughs> and the problem is, John, when you insult people in front of others, they tend to think you're serious. <laughs> and the point that he was making was this that, you know what? People it's okay to talk to them about conflict and you have to talk about that stuff, but you need to keep it personal. You, you you need to be honest, but you usually don't have to air out that dirty laundry, right? Just go to somebody, be honest and and say, Hey, you know what? I want to be forthright. I, I want to do things right. And believe me, people will thank you for bringing something to them because it's probably a blind spot. I've got a ton of blind spots. And when my people, the men and women who speak in my life, tell me, Mo, did you know you just said that? Usually it's, No, wow, I feel really dumb. Thank you for telling me that. So my hope is that you study men and women like Benjamin Franklin and do what great leaders do, which is be honest as you are head on with with those conflicts and do it in the right way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it is true that people really do eventually get to the point where they're grateful or they can thank you for that feedback, you know, but they still might also title their journal entry. Mo corrected me today. <laughs> like
1: I did last I, week. I think there's probably a few people that, that have that. And uh, that's why I tell people, make sure your journal is, is secure whether you're doing it online or you hide it in a safe somewhere because uh, we don't want a lot of people to, to, to hear our notes. And Amber, if I could just say something about journaling, that's great. If you need to tell somebody something, That's that's why I encourage people to journal all the time because we laugh about that all the time. Amber, you'll say, Mo, you want to know what I wrote about you in my journal? A couple in in my in my leadership journal a couple years ago, and usually I'm like, I don't know if I want to, and then you'll read me things like that, and I just laugh and I think, Oh man, what a jerk you are, Mo.
0: (laughs) Oh, but sincerely grateful for the help. So Mo <laughs> leaders meet conflict head on. They meet conflict. Honestly, what is the third and final point for today?
1: Yeah. Let's drive it home. The third one is this leaders meet conflict face to face. And I'm telling you, some of you are probably about to turn it off right now. Cause you don't want to do that. <laughs> I know because I have been in those situations where even I don't want to do that. And I'm a pretty confrontational person. And I think those of us who are children of the eighties and the nineties, we can appreciate this one, right, Amber, because you know, uh, now there's FaceTime and, and zoom and teleconference stuff or whatever. And you can get away with saying things over electronic devices. Cause you can still, kind of, we can see each other right now. We're not even in the same city, but there was a day when there wasn't any of that, right. For our young leaders out there, <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. Uh, we didn't even have pagers and, some of the young know, what, what's a pager. Yeah. We, we didn't have any of those. It doesn't matter. Don't, you don't even need to know what that is, but if you wanted to say something to somebody, you had to do it to their face. Of course, you know, the, there was the phone, but everybody knew that that was kind of a no, no. Right. And so what you never, ever wanted to experience was being broken up with right when you're a kid. Uh, and I remember my, my, my third grade girlfriend, she broke up with me in the worst possible way by note. I mean, we didn't have any of that, I mean, even kids have, have, uh, have phones and stuff these days, but the worst part about it was this Amber now, now I'm just, this is still some unresolved conflict as you can see, right? <laughs> she didn't even hand me the note herself. She had three, not one, three of her best friends bring it over to me during recess. I mean, That's talk about
0: girl trick.
1: <laughs> oh man, Amber, this is horrible. I mean, t- talk about hurting a guy's pride, right? I mean, that just went for the job and I'm still scarred today, right? Enough about me and my scars from my childhood. Here's my point. <laughs> Give people the courtesy of meeting with them face to face. In the business world, it's no different than a third grade relationship, right? <laughs> in many ways. There's something um, about saying uh, you know, something to somebody it, it, to their face that is just the best. In fact, in the financial world, we talk about cash is king, right? You always hear that cash is king. Well, in the relational world, this would be the equivalent face to face now if you have something good to say you can always do that over text or email or any kind of social media uh, platform everybody loves everybody loves flattery right you know oh stop it some more right I mean th- that's great people people want to hear that stuff but if it's something complex if it's if it's a, a conflict then you want to make sure that you get all of this non face-to-face stuff out of your resolution repertoire that's what I say is what I call it throw all that stuff away, go with cash every time, which is the face-to-face option. Now, this goes for big conflicts and it goes for little conflicts alike. Don't send an email to somebody telling them that their project presentation or their invitation to do something in a meeting was bumped. I hate that word. If I could give you a dollar for every time somebody told me that they got bumped in some way or another, that is the, the, the most backhanded way of pretty much saying, well, you're out, sorry but trying to kind of let you down easy. And none of us are let down easy. We get it. We're not dumb, you know? So your people deserve better leaders. I'm not, your leaders might do that to you and you got to deal with that, but you cannot do that to your people. And so here's what's worse. When you write down, when you write so many emails like that or text messages or whatever, it's out there. As soon as you send it, it's there. And in fact, um, we, we, we know that there are a lot of people who have written stuff that they kind of really want to want, want, to take back. And so I remember Mark Twain, um, w- one time wrote a really scathing letter to an editor, uh, who said something really mean to him in, in, in the local paper. And he said it was scathing and he sent it out and he never heard anything again, but he felt content. But you know what happened? His wife never let that, that go out. She went out to the mailbox and took it out. It was good enough for him to just get it out. But that would be, again, the equivalent of go to your journal, say all the mean things that you have to say. In fact, Abraham Lincoln is notorious when, when he passed away and they went through his stuff. He wrote a lot of letters that he himself specifically didn't send out. He just needed to get some things off his chest. That's fine. But do not hit send. Don't do it. If you've ever gotten communication from somebody like that, I mean, don't you just keep reading it over and over? At first you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then what do you do? You go back and you read it and well, what did she mean? What did he, why did he say that? Well, maybe and then you're reading into it. And, and so you're trying to figure out what the heck just happened. You know, and then it ends up bringing on questions like, well, does this person even like me? What did I do wrong? Maybe I'm not good at ever, anything. And so it can only go bad. And that Amber is the worst.
0: Yeah, because you're again, you're reading it over and over, but you're not really reading it. You are reading into it and you're you're no longer looking at what they said. You're looking at what you think they meant to say, or they, you know, and so I've admitted on previous podcasts, I am the queen of this and it's dangerous. It's dangerous when you receive that because now, now you're actually creating a conflict that may not even be there. If you had had the opportunity to have that conversation face to face, and then you're making assumptions on something that's not, it could, could most likely not even be real. And so that's very dangerous.
1: Yeah. And for those of our leaders out there that kind of want to push back on what I'm saying uh, with the excuse that, you know, I'm not a, I'm a non-confrontational person. This one's for you. Bad communication is always better than wrong communication. At least when you're in front of somebody, if you screw it up, you, you can have another conversation. In fact, I always tell people that I coach, you can always have another conversation. There's no rule that says that it has to be just this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, that that's the thing that if I had a dollar for every time you told me something, <laughs> it would be that you can always go back to a conversation.
1: Yeah. And and if you use Amber, the the wrong means of communication, you know, you just throw yourself into a deeper hole and you you end up having, you know, more conflict and it hurts the relationship more and it lowers the trust factor, you know, which really puts you in in a bad spot, but at least you're kind of, you're you're getting things out there. So leaders, you know, you, you don't want to put yourself in that predicament, but just remember that, you know, the way that you communicate, it matters. So the last thing really that I, that I want to say, just to put a bow on this point is this. Whenever something is positive, although, you know, face-to-face is always better because we like to get praise, right? And we and we love to be loved, and and that's always something, something that we want to do. There, there are several means of communications that we can use. However, when you're dealing with something that's negative, whether it's big or small for your team members, especially conflict, do it in person. And, you know, at the very, very least over tele—in in the Army, we call it teleconference, which is like Zoom or Google Meet— or whatever, and if you have to, on the phone. Even though I want to see the whites of their eyes, <laughs> I, I want to see somebody. You know, in in all. I mean, I just there's something about being able to look into somebody's eyes and and this, you know, look into their soul and, and see who they are and, and and make it real and and make it something that that's good and positive. Never try to resolve conflict using formats that are what I call non-interactive. If you have to set up a meeting, send an email, but keep it positive. You want to get in front of whoever that person is who you have to deal with through the conflict. And remember, the bigger the conflict, the closer you need to be to somebody. So people are probably thinking, well, oh, that means I'd be nose to nose with a lot of people in my life. Yes, because you need to figure out a solution to move forward and make the relationship with that person stronger. Conflict, you always have the potential to come out on the other side with a believe it or not, with a stronger relationship. So do it face-to-face and you'll always be glad that you did.
0: Yeah, well, I I think we can chalk that up, not only to great leadership advice, but that is great friendship advice. That's probably some good marriage counseling right there. (laughs) There, (laughs) There's a lot that we can take away from and really apply that to every area of our lives. So Mo, we're just about at the end of this episode. So before we go, do you have any final thoughts for us today?
1: just a couple. Remember leaders, um, you're paid to deal with the hard stuff. You're the one person who can't shirk the responsibility of communicating those expectations and then dealing with conflict when those expectations don't go the way that you want them to. You want to engage conflict. You want to do it early. You want to do it when it comes and you don't want to avoid it. You don't want to go around it. Always hit the problem head on and do it right away. Be clear, concise. Talk about the expectations that were missed and then quickly move to alternatives that make the situation better. And remember, leaders are people who give others hope. When it comes to conflict, leaders don't allow stuff to fester and get worse. Keep the problem contained. Don't let it you know, infect the culture of your team more negatively than it already has to. You always want to keep the reputations of your people and the company in mind, and you always want to make everybody better, for having gone through that conflict with you. And lastly, remember that the biggest problems always give the biggest opportunity for growth, both for you and the people that look to you within that conflict. And it'll make your team better as a whole. And believe me, you can do it.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you everybody for joining us again. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.